Uh, this actress, her name's Sarah Ingle. She was in Firstborn, 1984, Orphan Train, Smooth Talk, 85. I don't know. And then she no, got Orphan Train. You're, you're rattling off the titles like you do know. Wow. Those are some I, titles. I, heard, I never heard of Smooth Talk, right? No. no. I heard of Orphan Train. It was so bad, people called it Orphan Train Wreck. <laughs> Followed up by orphan dumpster fire. Okay, now she is embarrassed, and the bullies are loving it. Here come the bullies to humiliate him, and this will be the incident that makes him fuck him up. What's with the card player? Is he gonna grip them? Well, like later there'll be a scene where they can't believe it, and he'll do that, and the cards will all spill out because he's so shocked. So that's what they're setting us up. That kid in okay. the middle back looks familiar. That guy. But his, 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 name is, his name is Dennis, and he's Brian Lima. And the only thing interesting is he was also in a movie this other Sarah Ingalls would go on to be in, Firstborn. So. Okay. There's nobody the really born. too exciting here. There, except Bad News I'm, Bears, I'm, dude. Oh, yeah, here's that library again. Yeah, he got, a, he got a trailer on this one, I bet. Mike, don't you remember the balcony? You could go upstairs. I remember I went in there and uh, this Russian guy was going to kill me. Because uh -huh. I kept saying, listen, the contract doesn't start in 10 minutes. He's like, it's okay, Mr. Wick. You'll be dead by then. <laughs> Mr. Wick? Oh, no, that's, no, I'm sorry, that's done with two. Uh, done with three, excuse me, Arabella. Now we're getting the, like, my life is over. You'll be okay. I love, I love this shot. Thank God the camera was lying on the shelves when they got there. <laughs> what a good Just roll it. <laughs> Don't you want to set up? Oh, this is doing... the spy cam to look up the little kids' as, you know, skirts or something. <laughs> What's going on? Is he dressed for Jim? Oh, the my gosh. One? That's I a real... That I'm waiting for all those shelves to go dominoing down. He took off the embarrassing outfit he was wearing. He was so humiliated. Now he's going, look at this Montclair window. Yeah, that's totally a Montclair window. We should say Montclair, New Jersey. <laughs> Carl, name me a movie that Montclair was in. Uh, Susan Sarandon, <laughs> The Witness. Okay. Uh, Harrison Ford and Brad Pitt in that movie where he's Irish and comes over, he's in the IRA. Seven. Really? That was that Even Watch on Plaza's in the film. Oh, I'm going to have to watch that movie. I was going to okay. say The Guilt Trip. Seth Rogen's mom lives in Montclair. Barbara oh, cool. Yeah. Okay, Um. now... Uh, his TV will be interrupted by a strange alien. Huh. Oh. Hello, I am nerd. I mean, alien. Right. Let me see if I can. I am not. <laughs> My message is urgent. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Ta -da. Uh, 
It's the nerd. The fuck costume? Good thing he had that costume lying around. I am a oh, robot. <laughs> You're a robot? Yes. Are those his I'm blood tubes? This is his vacuum. After school special, we'll be back after this. We're back. Now back to after school special. How many guys, how many after school specials you had to watch in school? Like when the teacher said, okay, we have a very special. Uh, yeah, watch I remember them. that. Oh, uh, when they were like yeah. really important, like drug ones or alcohol yeah. ones. Right. Yeah. And they would be 45 minutes, so it was perfect for the class. And the teacher got to whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the guy who wrote this – go ahead, Mike. It's Montclair. It's more important. Okay, so we we were in a class, and we were in health class, and the gym teacher was pregnant, and we had a troublemaker. I won't mention his name, but he's a great guy. And she said, Please, uh, we want you to watch uh, Little House on the Prairie. There's this very special drug episode on <laughs> Little House on the Prairie. She walks out, and this guy says, God, she's fucking huge. Right? Or something of the sort. And she goes running and she goes, So and so, what did you say? And he says, Drugs on Little House on the Prairie? And she goes, Yeah, right? <laughs> Completely oblivious of her pregnancy. Yeah, I, I, I missed that episode of Little House on the Prairie when they, they found that meth lab. <laughs> <laughs> little trap house on the prairie. Yeah, a little crack house on the prairie. <laughs> okay. okay, now he's going to call up all the bullies and the girl who he now thinks is mean, even though he still loves her. And fool them all okay. that they're going to be the ambassadors who will bring aliens to Earth. He was just watching. Man, he had a TV in his room. Look what yeah. they're watching. Skateboarding westerns in the 80s. Oh, yeah, this shit. Was... You know what? I'm throwing away that same TV. Right now, <laughs> don't laugh. I'm gonna send you a picture of a picture of it. Holy shit, it looks like it. It's a Sony Trinitron. I post that on LWAFLMOYT. I will. That's yeah, uh, add us, add us on Twitter at LWAL of the. Uh, yeah, <laughs> check out our YouTube channel LWAFLMOYT. Yeah, if you if you can tell me what those pages are, I'll put it there. <laughs> but on Facebook, we're let's watch a full length movie on YouTube. Yeah, Waflamot. Waflamot. Just just Waflamot. just do it right. Let's get it right. Okay, now even Crush Girl is getting fooled that she isn't going to be an ambassador. You are the mama. Well, shit, that actually looks pretty good, though. <laughs> Those cue cards, man. That's really well done. Did he grow up and become cue cards? A funny joke. It was upside oh. down. This is like obviously from the minds of screenwriters and television people, and then say like 14 year old kids from high school. I also have that big, huge VHS camcorder like they got, man. Well, Montclair's kind of an absolute part. All right, back to the TV. Yeah, there's this funny joke. I married a UFO. <laughs> yeah. See, that's the mom, oh. and 
in the future that the television will break in and it's like, I want to speak, you know, and, and you call, you know, she acts like it's the telephone. She goes, Louise, TV for you. <laughs> it's funny. He's has, you have your little finger hovering over that mute button you do. Yeah, because every now and again, okay. Listen to the music. I can't hear it. Oh, you uh, can't? Yeah. Okay. Don't you want to be famous, Louise? Like history. History. Oh, look at Sydney, history. man. He looks he looks good in his youth. Yeah. Oh my god. Like where's classy taking? It looks more like Ben Vereen in Ten Speed and Brown Shoe. Oh yeah, with Jeff Goldblum. People said I look like Brown Shoe. Yeah. Now they're like, "Do you believe in alien life?" Yes, I do. I'm gonna prove. I have scientific proof. Oh, I guess e e aliens were popular back in 1983, right? Because that's the E.T., the extraterrestrial? Yes. I know myself. Blah, 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 blah. Look at my card trick setting me up for the when I drop them. Oh, he's, at least he doesn't have a fucking toothpick. This director loved the library. Banana Yeah, pee. and... That's comedy. What's between the, the right? Levels. Never see it. Under <laughs> right. His evil plot. Here comes another one. Oh, that eighties nun. Where is our alien? I've been watching Sister Mary for forty minutes, and the alien hasn't cut in. <laughs> Do your card thing, dude. <laughs> oh, here we go. This special you report. Can you hear my audio? I can hear you. Can you hear me, Carlos? I can hear you talking, but not your audio. Uh, not, not the. There we go. Not the audio from the movie. Here, let me. I'll talk to you guys. Turn on the TV set. I'm going to interfere. Okay. This is a federal crime, by the way. To uh, broadcast on on national on uh, the frequencies that you don't own. Yeah, you're right. Actually, that this is a this is a serious crime. <laughs> yeah, I mean do, they do, would. Do, 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 do. It's like in war games, right? They'd come to your door. Yeah, right. And then we're talking about the '80s FBI, man. Ma'am, we're That's here good. for John, Johnny Johnston. My Johnny. <laughs> you should be friendly to nerds. Alien out. <laughs> also, Thirty Rock. Liz Lemon grew up in Montclair, New Jersey, and her his, her mom dated Buzz Aldrin, who played himself. Ah. Montclair Second Man. Buzz Aldrin. You know they Montclair. changed the name of Mount Hebron, right, to Buzz Aldrin. Oh, you know what? Uh, the middle school, I went to Mount Hebron. Right, I think it's named. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the buzz. Now, what was the, it was two middle schools, Glenfield, and they were yeah. doing construction in the 80s when I was going, and we had to go to like a, a, a closed elementary school. For oh, a I'm year. sorry. I have to interrupt you, Mike. I'm sorry. This woman who's the teacher, right? Um, she is um, uh, going to be in our next one, too. She was in Wall Street. Yeah. Oh, really? She'll be in the next uh, film as the mom. Now, right now, the bad guys are saying, we want to borrow equipment, you know, and we want to set up TVs in front of the student council and have uh, something very important broadcast. She's talking, they're talking the teacher into it. Oh, that's cool. Get the teacher involved. Yeah. I'll do it on one condition, that I get to be in the next after-school special, what if I'm gay? <laughs> then I'll do it. Listen, I didn't want to sign up for some sci-fi bullshit. I want some real social issues. Right. So we're bullying. It's a social issue. Uh -uh. Yeah, we're not. We're just knocking on the nerves. When when I was in high school, that was a duty and an obligation to pick on these nerds. Yeah. Look, right. when I was in high school, look, there were a lot of nerds around, and we used to we used to tor torture them, you know. But today in high school, those kids aren't nerds. Today in high school, those kids are autistic. We didn't know. We didn't know we were torturing autistic kids. We didn't know we were sons of bitches. I think he knew. <laughs> Back then, an anti-bullying campaign was a personal journey of self-improvement. Yeah, you get better clothes, a haircut, lose a little weight. Maybe you get, you know, don't get picked on all the time. Maybe you get a girlfriend. <laughs> don't be such a nerd. So why is this battle of the bullies? Is it because the nerd is now a bully? No, see, that's the thing. Battle of the Bullies was a wrongly titled. Yeah, because it's more of a, of a, of a nerd. Right. Those it it was appropriately titled. They just had to change it, but they messed up. Now, nerds were popular back then, pop culture-wise, right? <laughs> yeah, like well, were... Revenge of the Nerds was about to hit. Nerd was, like, geeky yeah. and computer-savvy. Let's, let's break it down. You have the preppy, and you have the yeah. official preppy handbook. The jocks. You have jocks, I guess. You have nerds. Right. You have the uh, airplane guy. One time Tom Kroll asked me, we're not this group, we're not the greasers, we're not the, you know, what? what's our group? And the truth is it was nerd. So he said, we're individuals. <laughs> that was what he called it. Individual. <laughs> the truth is, we were nerds. I mean, if I ever do a script on nerds, okay, now he's going to be pompous. What I don't get is that the school has two television sets in the auditorium as well as video cassettes. We would be lucky if we had a television set, period, in class. <laughs> uh, there we go. 
Yeah, here we go. Okay, guys. Now, you can hear my audio, yes or no? You can hear my uh, audio? No, I, I'm going to play the audio, too, when we talk. Yeah, you play your audio. Everybody's like, what? what's this? A movie? Now, look what Nerd's doing. PlayStation 2. PlayStation 2, and nobody's watching. How would I know you, jerk? Don't call me a jerk. I can't stand this music. I have to check Linus and the Woodstock to show up. Okay, now it won't be music. Go ahead and listen. Ooh, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, data max enter. Oh, something's going wrong with the, oh! Yeah, we're not crazy. <laughs> now, some people are believing it, others are doubting. Right. This reminds you of the alien fish burgers. Yes, Carl, you played an excellent alien, and then I jerked you off. Well, that was a tube coming out of my chest. You certainly did not jerk me off. <laughs> yeah, all right. Okay, Carl. But look, whatever. Look, he reveals that it was all a hoax. He takes off the mask. Uh, now look, drop the cards. No. That was our big setup. 52 pickup solitaire edition. So now he's like, don't be, you know, he's making, and look, the people love it. They're like, it's easy to fool suckers. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. Thank you. That'll teach those like bullies. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hi, I'm a genius. I broke every federal law out there. Okay, now the battle is on. And she's beating shit right there. That's right. She is humiliated. Hmm. I don't get The bullies were the ones who made that thing. She's hanging out with the bullies. Like, she should have been like, fuck you for doing that in the first place. Well, when... When up, oh, look at Montclair High, man. It's so Montclair High. Remember that the semi-circle yeah. driveway, which is in the last episode of Sopranos, when uh, Soprano Junior picks up his high school girlfriend from Montclair cool. High. Cool. Up in that semi-circle. Now look, he's in oh, the yeah. Montclair Gazette. Yeah. Well, it's it's the school now. Unlike in the earlier scene when everyone was talking to his best friend, everyone's talking to him now. Yeah. He's popular. Hey, what's up? What's up, dude? Listen, you want to smoke some weed? Come to the step. Come over to, yeah, go to the amphitheater. Yeah, let me speak to that hey. for a minute. I think the director, who was great and did great locations, skipped two great locations. You know the the what is that the brook that flowed through the school? Yeah. He absolutely yeah. should have got that. You don't think the nerds were playing not playing Dungeons and Dragons in that? I heard so many stories about nerds going into that uh, 
river following me to getting lost. Really? My babysitter, her friends would tell me these stories. I'm sure they were close to me. Yeah, I think so, because you can't get lost. No, there's like a pipe. Maybe it's that size of high school, but you can get lost in it. I know, That's I know not Glendon, cool. Uh, yeah, she's so embarrassed. Now it's like, Rich. you humiliated me. You know, you're... <laughs> I spit on I you. Humiliated you. Montclair House. Bad mouth here for the water. Mm-hmm. Bad mouth here for the water. The water fountain. Uh, this, this kid has his own shit. And it says Fantastic Four right there. Fantastic Four. It's like a poster. Oh, no, it's a comic book close to us, right? Yeah, right, right. So it's, and he must have been reading The Mole Man. Maybe it was like Jack Kirby's drawing, and I thought it was Doc Ock because of those glasses and boxy fit head. Yeah. Isn't it nice to see Marvel as a, like a petty commodity where like after-school specials can use it without worry? Well, yeah, because it was just a, lo- a little co- – that's all it was was a comic book. So it was like a magazine laying somewhere. Well, they had a, a TV show in the 60s, I guess. In the 70s, they had like – Those morning cartoons were done so cheaply with such bad, you know, the animation was cutouts. They were stills, you know, that um, it doesn't even deserve, like, they weren't even trying hard, you know. (laughs) Also, I think the cartoon version of Fantastic Four had a robot as their fourth member, right? It was like, it wasn't the the original lineup or something. Maybe it was like a fifth wheel or something. Don't remember that, but I do remember. Once I talked to you about like, I I miss those Marvel Saturday morning cartoons. I was just a little too young to catch it, you know. Look at her hair's on fire. Look what the director does, you know. Yeah, he's he's not that subtle. She is burning. Burning up. My high school chemistry uh, lab did not look like this at all. Um, Although we did cut up. Yeah, it should have. It's legit. Really? The high school had like flaming Bunsen burners and. Oh, well, that you could just bring in. But yeah, I remember there were gas uh, uh, faucets, you know? Yeah. Now, this writer would go on to write Trumbo, that film with uh, Brian Cranston. Sure, about the blacklisted uh, writer. Exactly. And he, he was a staff writer for Disney, Warner Brothers, Paramount, Fox TV's series. But he, Lois and Clark, he was a writer and producer. And he, okay. 20 years old, John McNamara, and a junior at New York University, has won national playwriting contest, and his first screenplay, Revenge of the Nerd, will broadcast on CBS Afternoon Playhouse. Oh, the old Afternoon Playhouse. Yeah. Tuesday at 4.30. You know, I guess Netflix carries the torch of, like, young adult television shows, like that show where the kid kills himself. It's really good television for kids. Mm-hmm. Or the one where the guy gets you, where this girl gets harassed by a guy. Right, and there was the one where the midget gets herpes. 
<laughs> that is such a Montclair house. Look at it. Yeah, it's multi-stories. He's up in the attic. That's his ha his room. Yeah, he's got it to himself. Sweet. Okay, see, look, 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 turn on the sound because the phone, the TV will ring, and she'll act like it's the phone. Yeah, right. The crotch shot. Yeah. In 83, they were called crotch shots. So go ahead, leave the sound up. We won't get sued. He's like saying he's sorry. Is he going to bring up Doc Severson? I get all tongue tied. Sometimes when I'm around, I couldn't get a noun and the verb together. Save my life. Anyway. I like you. Start over. Yeah. Her name's Sarah Yes, you go on to do Laura. Right. Laura Engel's daughter, sister. Sarah Engel. Who designed the background? The blind guy? What was in the background? Oh, because of Braille? Yeah, because of Braille. I thought it was Larry, Larry King's show. And next up, Tom Arnold. Tom. <laughs> Now, come on, be genuine. You're a funny guy. You're a funny guy. <laughs> okay, she's touched. She's touched. Yeah. All she could do was listen. She couldn't. She she couldn't you know, shut him down. So he Ooh, touched her. Yeah. And now we're signing off. Nerd is signing off this telegraph. Here's the American flag. Look, he's got a phone in his room. What the fuck? <laughs> he's a rich Montclair. It's Upper Montclair. Upper Montclair. Oh, there he is. We're done. That's right. We are, uh, hope you learned a lesson on this. Carl, what did you think of this movie? I thought it was cute. I enjoyed it, but mostly it was the nostalgia of like seeing the front of Montclair, being inside the YMCA. It was, it took me to familiar places. The next one will yeah. right away with that movie theater. You'll see. Okay, cool. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is a double feature. We we're only watching uh, very short uh, movies today, but they both were shot in our high school when we went to attended Montclair High in New Jersey in the 80s. So we thought we would make you guys suffer our nostalgia. Uh, yeah. So we are going to uh, – why don't I take the opportunity? Carl, before we start the second movie, can I would love to talk about our YouTube page, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Carl, you posted a couple of movies. Do you want to talk about those movies, and I'll go ahead and, and get uh, everyone ready? Okay. I need to look up what they are. I'm on our channel. I'm going – what's that? So it's America 3000. Right. Yeah. Well, hasn't even aired in so long. Here we go. So we, when, uh, when the episode for America 3000 uh, uh, dropped on our podcast, the sound was absolutely abysmal. Yeah. And uh, this is a clean copy. Mm-hmm. 
and also Elvis Presley, in which you, we did the switcheroo, and you did the excellent yeah. research. Well, thank you. Well, I enjoyed that movie. It was not a shitty Elvis movie. It was the right. second film, so. Yeah. And also, we saw Whoopi Goldberg with Paul and Mistress Christine, um, and that was Burglar, and it was with the... Um, the guy from uh, Police Academy movies, and it was fun. Yeah, I like a lot. I love that movie. Yeah, that's a San Francisco film, and it's just fun. It's one a really good whooping movie, and uh, yeah, and Bobcats in it. It's it's terrific, and John Goodman. It's it's a, it's a really good movie. So we had nothing bad to say about that. And then you just recently posted Little Miss Marker. Right, and that one was with Walter Matthau, our second Walter Matthau in a row that particular uh, month, uh, Little Miss Marker, a remake of a Shirley Temple film. And it was fun. They <laughs> underused Brian Dennehy, let's face it. Yeah, right. He did have nothing to do except Grimace and wear a suit. All right. right. Well, that's uh, – we these episodes, you know, we encourage you to watch the movie and listen to the podcast. Carl takes the time to sync both of them together and post it on YouTube, so you can spend some time. Hey, gentlemen, we're going to do the second movie, and this, this is a LWAF on them first. We actually have talent that was in this movie. Yeah. The first time we get anybody associated with our movies to come and talk about it. Uh, will you please welcome Adam Spiegelman. Adam, oh, thank you very much. Hey, mm-hmm. how are you guys? Yeah, yeah, you're lucky I'm here. You're welcome. Of course, and Paul is here, the Countdown King. Uh, and of course, so I should mention, Adam is my brother and inspiration for this podcast. Uh, Adam has a terrific podcast called Passing Events, which is not only a cult movie podcast where they talk about film, they interview a lot of people. And uh, we were just talking about one of my favorite interviews on your show, which is Shadow Stevens, star and director of Trap, the star. Sorry, not the director, yeah. He outs the director for being a total alcoholic. Like, why is this movie a mess? He goes, oh, the alcoholic, the director's an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah, it's a very interesting I definitely would recommend it. He, 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 he uh, no stone has been unturned for that. Is that your favorite interview on your show? What is your favorite interview? Uh, he was amazing. Uh, I also got to talk to Lloyd Kaufman, who was pretty open and great. And I talked to most of the cast of The, uh, of the Room. So there, nice. Chris R was amazing. Um, Tommy Wiseau was insane. Um, yeah, all that was, yeah, it was great. It was a lot of fun. And then Alan Sachs made a movie called Dubidio, which is like this weirdo L.A. punk scene movie. And that was fun to find him and talk to him. That took three years to find that guy. Wow. Yeah, he's a, that's a great interview. Go to probablyresents.com and click around the archive and uh, spend some time. Enjoy the show. So, Adam, it's a pleasure to have you here. Paul yes. Blumla, it's a pleasure to have you back. Uh, we, Carl, what is our movie we're watching right now? Okay, so now go to your YouTube search engine and put in, what if I'm gay, 1987? What if I'm gay, 1987? And the uh, channel we like is, say la video, the French, C-pot-for-P-E-S-T, say la video. (laughs) Say la video. I'm ready to Ah. say it. And I love the gay panic in a pro-gay movie back in the 80s. Everything was pro-gay uh, panic. What if I'm gay? 
And then okay. what was well, the French uh, part? How, what if I'm gay French? Um, the channel. Oh, yeah, I got it. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, I mean, another one says, "Am yeah. I gay?" And there's two guys standing next to each other. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Pull my finger. I'll let you know. There's a weird. <laughs> is there a test? I don't know. We want you to click the link. What if I'm gay? The same a video, and then hit pause immediately and move the slider back to zero zero zero, and right. we'll have Paul do the counting. And when Paul says go, we will all click. Well, ladies and gentlemen, here's the countdown king himself, the master of descending numerals, Mr. Paul Brumbaugh. All right, guys, here we go. You know the drill, and if you don't, learn it quick. What if I'm gay? 1987. Put that finger right over that hovering triangle, and let's do this thing in three, two, one, go. A lot of hovering triangles in this movie. Yes. Hello. What if I'm gay? Uh, oh, you yeah. can share screens with, uh, with, um, Zoom. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the 21st century. For Ed Marinara. From Hill Street Blues. Hill Street That's Blues. right. From Hill Street Blues. So this, this movie was shot in, uh, our high school when I was there. I was a junior, maybe or sophomore. And, um, so we got to, I got to watch them shoot it. That's our movie theater. The Bellevue, the Bellevue movie theater. Watch this, Carl. Watch this. It's magic. They're uptown. They're in Upper Montclair at the Bellevue Movie Theater. They're walking ben down the street Poof. like normal teens. Yes. And now look, they're out in the alleyway. They're going to churn in the alleyway. Garrelly Browns. Yeah, very nice. Like now that. look, they're Poof. downtown. Poof. What? What? How did that happen? They're it's four miles out. away. <laughs> How did they get all the way across town in one alleyway? This is a magic film? Yeah, apparently. Oh, and the. Of course, the Jewish guy's wearing a sports coat, but uh, listen. Oh, so, 90120. Is it? Oh. Yeah. Oh, my God. She's, and by the way, she's 45 in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> she had so much work done. Yeah, yeah. She looks great. So I don't have any volume. No, uh, we don't put up the volume until key parts. Oh, I see. Okay, so what we just saw is that uh, the Jewish one in the sports jacket, a girl likes him, and he's not liking the girl back. Huh. Hmm. What if he's gay? And what if that guy is not the Nazi Thomas Howell and the not Eddie and the Cruisers, the other guy? <laughs> <laughs> Eddie and the oh. Cruisers. Is that a real oh, thing? Oh, here we go. Now they're at a pizzeria that I don't recognize. Yeah, I don't recognize it either. Uh, it doesn't guy. mean it's from Oh, uh, look at this guy. I hope there's no shellfish. <laughs> it's the worst. Uh, Can I get pizza? Is there any unleavened pizza? Hmm, is that time of month? <laughs> Speaking of unleavened, look at yeah, look at that hair. I used to get so turned on by that kind of Oh, hair. especially in New Jersey, yeah. Yup. I was like, she takes care of herself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> look at the woman in the background. She's got great jersey hair. <laughs> by the way, her name is Vicky in the show, and she grew up in Mawa, New Jersey. Oh, no shit. Yeah, she was in Ryan's Hope for a bunch of years. Oh, man, like a local girl. Mm -hmm. It's more like Mystic, mystic breadcrumb, Breadsticks. I wish I could talk. Joke would have been funny. Sorry, Paul. 
I'll let you down. <laughs> and right now, she's right. in San funny Francisco. The first time, Adam. <laughs> wow. And they, you guys uh, vote, a, vote a, Who would wear rugby shirts now? I would. They were still in style. Anyone else? Oh, oh don't hey. make me pull it out of the closet behind me. What about butter in the top button? Does that mean him? Does that make me gay? Like everyone else. Yeah. Ironically, the yeah, other guys look like modern gay guys. Yeah. Yeah. Except their collars are fucked up. Yeah. Is there a wardrobe person on this? So we got to watch him shoot a lot of these things at the high schools. It was really cool when that comes up. That was like so exciting. So was there trailers and generators and. Not a lot. Not a lot. Okay, maybe a couple. I didn't see a lot. Not like a big movie. Um, Look how Montclair this house is. Oh my God, this is so Montclair. <laughs> the porch and the, the leaves. Stairs. Yeah. yeah. It's a, the wooden, I don't know. Everyone's like, all houses have porches. Yes, we get it. But Now, look, there's heterosexual activity going on, but what's happening in the back seat? Well, he's alone, or is he not? Well, she doesn't want to kiss. So, it's like, yeah, if you're, what are you, gay? You don't want me to date rape this girl? I'm going to end. This poor woman wants to get out of there. She's not happy. Well, she's embarrassed that, um, uh, what's his name in the film? Alan. Alan is in the backseat. Listen, this Alan. Alan would go on to be, like, he was on Married in Ch with Children when that uh, Charlotte York uh, married a Jewish man and she converted to Judaism. That was him. He's not Lamb, is he? The guy from uh No. He wasn't the first husband? Yeah, okay. All right. Just check. Yeah, I thought it went you're right, Mike. I thought it went right to Lamb to um the guy from the love boat. He was in Ransom. Oh, he was in Californication. Evan, uh, is, Evan, is that Evan Handler? Uh his name is Evan Handler. Oh, he was in uh, Sex in the City. He works a lot. He's bald now. He had cancer like when he was thirty and went bald. Right. And he wrote a book about the cancer. Yeah, he works all the time. He's, he was in a show called um, It's Like You Know, and it was the L.A. version of Seinfeld, mm -hmm. starring Jennifer Grey. You like High. Oh, yeah, look, 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 look. Oh. The whole way is everyone you guys knew. I think, Mike, you were a senior because Taylor Holland's in this. All the big, the tall, yeah, I... the old-looking seniors are, are in, and old-looking juniors are in this. <laughs> That's now, how they cast it. We're looking for the old-looking student. <laughs> now, Gabrielle is back, and she's, like, coming on pretty heavy to uh, Evan. But Evan will have nothing to do with it. He's embarrassed or something. Or something. Now, look how the director makes oh. it awkward, because she bumps the chair and makes a loud, yeah. screechy noise. Now, this is the second movie we've seen in a row and takes place in the Montclair High School science class lab. Science the, lab. the most interesting place. There's the best tables. Oh, is that me in front? That might have been now, me in front. <laughs> there's Ed Marino. He's Mr. Powell. Officer Coffee. Hill Street Blues guy. So he was a big star. Look, that's Taylor Holland, Mike. Yeah, holy shit. That's my buddy Taylor. That's your best friend. <laughs> holy shit. Yeah, they yeah. gave him the part because he's so fucking old looking. I was like, he's, yeah, he's, he's, That's so funny. Got the kiss of lady's hand. What a gentleman teller is. It, what a, yeah, I know. And he's also very good looking, but he's also, he looked like he was 40. 
He was buying beers. Yeah, right. Supposedly. Well, oh, so the guy that was outside the window kissing the girl's hand was a student? Yeah, yeah, he was a friend of ours. And uh, they just picked all the students that looked like that age. Like, like yeah, because all the actors are like 10 years <laughs> We all look like we were 12 compared to them. It was like they were in a middle school, high school situation. Wow, he looks so different. It's so weird. He's got hair. I don't think I'm... I wasn't part of this movie. I was never like got casted or I never bothered to do anything about it, but apparently not. This is proof. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why you were in school as you weren't interested. They were looking too handsome. Yeah. You, sh you should have done it. You looked old. You looked as old as Taylor. You looked too much like <laughs> Evan Handler. You had Evan Handler's hair and they're like, you know what? We can't have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> you take it right. It would take yeah, it take away. Take the distraction off the one token Jew guy. Gotcha. You can't have two Jews. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I used to think that this guy with the swooping hair, I used to think that was Matthew Perry and when Friends is on, I was like, oh my God, that's the guy from the after school special, but it is not. Um, this guy's Kirk. His name's Manford Melcher. He was in he was in Plutonium Baby, 21 Jump Street. He was in Steinfeld as an officer once. I don't know. Every time I listen to you guys talk about a new movie, man, I, I feel like I've just found a new title uh, for my my new DVD coming out. What did you say? Plutonium Jumpsuit? Uh, plutonium Baby, <laughs> but pl 21 Jump Street. So Plutonium Jump Street, that's a great title. <laughs> plutonium uh, Baby Jumpsuit. Yeah, Baby, baby. Jumpsuit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look, the they cola? have Admar Colas and they put tape over it. We call that Greeking in the industry. By the way, I'm uh, an extra professional, so you know I put these things about greeking, and that's so geeky. Yeah, greeking means a whole different thing in San Francisco. You know, you you two types of artists: you're a background artist and a sandwich artist. Okay, Mike. Now <laughs> Listen, the, woman the, bills. the woman who's playing the mom, she was in the other after-school special we just saw as the administrator in the student yeah. council, so she got her role again. Look at the Jew can't open the They bought it as Pathmark in the no frills aisle. Yeah, definitely Pathmark. Yeah, they just covered it up. Um, is she supposed to be the woman from Eight is Enough? Again, it would be funny, Paul, if I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is some great hair. Both of them. She looks like They both look like poodles. <laughs> they look for people you know, Mike. Okay. Uh, well, I recognize the field. Yeah, that's it. Oh, well, that's the main guy. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, look at that hair. God, I went to school with everyone like that. Crazy. That's how Mike looked in high school, by the way. In case you guys are wondering. Very handsome. Yeah. Huh. Score! Score, our heterosexual hero! Sweet! Uh, oh. The very young-looking girl, obviously an extra, obviously from our high school, an actual high school student. That's Gina. He's got a crush on her because the other one broke his heart. Oh, and by the way, all the extras, all the people that are black in this movie besides Gina are extras because they're actual high school students. It's the only way they can get cast was to actually be there. Well, having black people in your movie is just extra. It's another movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we're already doing one issue at a time. Oh, look at this guy looking at hey, you. Now, 
This is really important, okay? This whole movie we've been set up that that guy sitting there in that chair is the gay one. But he's about to discover a pornographic magazine that is owned by Kirk, the heterosexualist guy in the room. Wait, the Jewish guy is not the gay one? Correct. Wow. What a twist. I already added him to the synagogue. <laughs> yeah, I took him off of Oy Vey Face. Oh. Uh, hey, that's my jerk off. Oh. True man. Uh, <laughs> somebody True looking. man. Yeah. Busted. Oh, so yeah, he's yeah, explaining. No. There's a re- there's a wrestling article in there's a weightlifting article in there. It was pretty cool. I only kept it around because I thought you guys would want it. Ha ha ha! I'll throw it out. I'm just gonna put it under my mattress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just stick other ones. I mean, yeah. it in the waste paper basket. Like he's not gonna get that later. He sat on it. Yeah, I Now that I've established that I'm like... not gay, I'll be leaving. Can you give me a lift? Yeah, I can. Yeah. Hello. Oh. We're going to be backing out of the room now. Look at his face. He's, he's now he's trouble. jerking off like crazy. He's just whacking it right this now. Look at that this great car, man. Hey, there's Taylor, right? No, different guy. Look at that Montclair yeah. jersey. That doesn't... Yeah, that's cool. Because they kept it real. What's up, buddy? Stay away from me. Hey, homo. I mean, guys. No, they, they don't think he is. I mean, they just found this magazine. It was that funny thing. Look, Montclair wow, look at the high. high school. Guys, that's our high school. Oh, here's oh. The thing. is that Rand School or is it the regular high school? That's I think right. that might be the annex. Yeah, that's right by your neighborhood, Carl. Yeah, Chestnut and Forest and the Overpass and yeah, the Skating you, Rink. <laughs> so, guys, they were shooting in front of Rand. I don't know if it's this scene or another one. But every time they said action... Um, I think it was PJ Caviaro or someone else would start screaming. So it would be like rolling, you know, lights rolling, action, and then PJ would go, ah! <laughs> What a dick. <laughs> what a dick. They, I think they I finally paid him. Okay, they went to a basketball game where one of the players is gay. And so Kirk... How do they know that? Uh, because it was an article. Oh. And Kirk, who is like, I'm pretending I'm heterosexual, was going fag and being real macho and mean. Uh, Did we miss that scene? Uh, at the basketball game, they're leaving now. Oh, so they're talking about it. So they, they didn't right. show it. It's, and the it's tell, don't show. Different. Right. Yeah, it's a good movie. Man. Are they actually saying fag in this? Because the, the closed captioning has a, it blanked out. I They don't. Yeah, they do say fag. He says, keep away from me, faggot. They, he will say that. Crazy. Oh. God, that was an after-school special. Yeah. Oh, it was the 80s. That's now, so look, weird. here's New York. You know this isn't Montclair. They're in Weehawken or something, right? Maybe. Weehawken's a good guess. It could be, like, also West New York or... Yeah, yeah, Hoboken. I don't think it can be Jersey Hoboken. City because the Empire State Building wouldn't be so prominent. Look. What are, you, what are you doing here? I just want to cut your hair. I just want to prove that I'm not <laughs> gay. Let me cup your boob. Now she's like, dude, you're changing. She's like, get off me. Oh, my God. I'm not gay. I'm a total horrible human being. <laughs> He's like, what's wrong? I swallow. <laughs> oh, sorry. She's like, you kiss like my brother. 
Listen, it's not. It's a, wow, that's a rough. Eagle Rock Eagle Rock Reservation. You drive up there? Yeah, I was thinking about Eagle Rock Reservation, but New York is too close. But look, do you think that's where he goes? He's like, listen, all the guys say come up here. All the guys in my magazine. <laughs> Actually, yeah. you're right, Adam. He's right now saying all the guys come up to Lover's Point. Don't you think it's about time? Now she's he's getting mad because he's been rejected and like my ploy didn't yeah. work. I think Weehawk is a good over. guess. It could be Hoboken, but there's no real dock in Hoboken. Yeah, Weehawken is pretty nice. All right, let's look for people we know. <laughs> Anyone who Paul, have to get the twelve? That means they're eighteen. <laughs> oh, look, he's, he's, uh... Right. What he's doing is that macho overcompensation stuff. Oh, look! But look, look with his best That's Joe Cohen right there. You can't see him anymore. That's another guy we know right there with the big lips. We know him. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was just too athletic for this. I didn't want to show off. Uh, is that our locker room? I guess it is. How would I know? Am I, and actually, true story, I'm in one of those lockers right now. <laughs> <laughs> I ruined the shock. I, I fell out at one time. I was apologizing. Looked was our high school that big? We had a giant locker, a gym locker like that? We had I think gym we did. lockers. I remember getting. I just did that joke. It had two rows, Mike. There's a row to the right there, and then the bathrooms to the left. There, it wasn't. It looks huge here, but it's not. Hello. Okay. Pause. It isn't like the locker room. Look, his locker's still open. <laughs> Subplot. It gets robbed. No. I'm not Matthew Perry. He's he's confessing him out now. He's saying, look. You're acting weird, and I saw that magazine, and I think you like men. It's they're having. Let's see if I can. I don't think my audio is going to work for you. Okay, I'll Sorry, do I'm it. Reading, I'm reading. I got the audio. Sure. We missed it anyway. We missed. Oh wait. A blank mag, Mike. They just blanked out the F word. I saw you holding a blank mag. He's remembering. Yeah, you had a crush when we were young. Yeah, why don't you bang your girl? He did. He, he, was, he was trying to attack her. And then... He's talking about everything he's ever remembered, you know, like the whole history. I mean, they were best friends since elementary school. And what about ballet class? What about that? I mean, nothing? <laughs> I, I, did, I couldn't do ballet myself because I had, I, they put, put on a two, you know, the two, two, and it was an eight, eight. Come on. I have weak ankles. <laughs> the Kenkel Ballet. Okay. Now what's going to happen is everybody's been on him about gay and gay fag, but not Alan. Alan's cool. And Alan's going to relate a story about how his uncle came out of the closet. It was really rough on him, but he was better off coming out. What was his uncle's How Jewish was his uncle's name? What, what? His uncle's name was Mort. Yes, of course it was. <laughs> We're looking for something really Jewish sound. Mort Gaysen. See, Mort made 
I have some backstory on Mort from the uncle he's going to talk about. You see, he made a big mistake. His parents thought they were sending him to a Jewish gay sc uh, day school uh, <laughs> to learn Hebrew. <laughs> they sent him to a Jewish gay school, and he learned Hebrew. Yeah. Hey. Uh, and, 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 and. That's worth the price of today. There you go. Yeah, it, the church uh, goes, is Our Lady of Judy Garland. Come on. <laughs> See, I was raised Catholic, and when we sinned, the priest would send us to the synagogue. I have to spend a few nope. Friday nights. Nope. nope. It was it was a gay synagogue, but next, uh, catch it. <laughs> really campy gay jokes. Do we want to throw in yet? Okay, hold on. Now, Alan and his family burn a menorah because they are minorities. Oh, that one hurt. You should have asked if I was sick. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I have a friend who's so Jewish. I have a friend who's so Jewish, we went salmon fishing. He caught locks. <laughs> oh, Oh, that's it. I'm doing a Scooby-Doo joke. Hey, Adam, uh, what did uh, Shaggy say when I showed him my genitals? What? You went to gonorrhea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. All right. Thank you. No one has got lost his hair. You're not gonorrhea. Okay, well, so here's the only original thing I've got for you. So they've has anybody else filed their, their money for that? lawsuit against the the boy scouts sure I you guys. anybody can do that huh. I, but i should have known it. it it was right there in the name we blows <laughs> i was in we blows <laughs> yes i was in we blows too we did a lot of camping trips so i've got I've, I've got a little honor badge that has both my knees <laughs> Yeah, well, we was wobble, but they don't fall down. So what the director shows us in the scene is like, Alan's being cool. Maybe people can be cool if you came out of the closet. Uh-uh. Not in my... I can be like your uncle. Ironically, no one was out of the closet in high school, right, Mike? I can't think of anyone. Well, I mean... Well, no. No. I guess... Yeah, I don't know. No, I don't think so. There was Thagalone. How y'all doing? Uh, Thagalone. Fogelman. Oh, I guess I knew guys that were gay in high school. Start naming names. Well, the gay now <laughs> doesn't really make it. It wouldn't like hurt their, you know, they're out. They didn't care. This is in 1950. So right now, we're going to get the kind of like apology between best friends. But you got to tell me it's not true. You got to tell me that you're not gay. Oh, that's weird. I thought they were going to say apology and then a kiss. <laughs> Here, whisper it in my ear. <laughs> my shirt says M for macho. Oh, that's right. My red says... It's machismo. Now, this actor, his name is uh, Richard Joseph Paul. He went on to be in Oblivion and Vampire. Back Vampirilla? I don't know. Uh, he went on to Oblivion. <laughs> and Oblivion 2. Is he, 
Is he in Vampirina, the cartoon? Yeah. No, Vampirella, 1990. Oh. <laughs> Adam got excited there for a second. Something he heard of. Wait. Yes, yes. My daughters watch Vampirina, so I was hoping. That, yeah, I would have been down with that. But... He'd be like, girls, I was in a movie with blah, blah, blah from Vampirina. <laughs> no big deal. Uh, By the right. way, that mower's total bullshit. He's going over leaves and nothing's happening. No, it looks like it's. It looks like astroturf. It, it does look like astroturf. <laughs> oh, look at these two cool guys. Okay, so they're gonna buy a car. In someone's driveway? No, it's a lot. <laughs> you see the price sticker on a window by his elbow. Nineteen sixty one. Yeah, yeah back, back in the day. Long we ago. You know, Todd's asking if I was queer. At least they said queer. The language is getting a little nicer. And Alan's like, what's the I big deal? Now, are you telling me Alan lost his hair due to cancer at age thirty? No, at a young age. Uh it was I have it here, I'll get it in a minute. So yeah, he's watching his, his young hair. Young and, and back then, you know, when they were doing radiation treatments and you lost your hair, that stuff did not grow back right. No, so I think he kept it off. Yeah, so he probably oh, wait, 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 wait. All right, watch, this is my scene. No, it's not. Right, Hold on. Carl, when is my yeah. I will, your I scene is coming. He's going to talk. Look, she's going to duck into a little thing and talk, you know, like, Listen, they're saying you're gay. Are you gay? What's up? You know? And his answer's like, hey, you know, I mean, uh, you know. And she's like, I'm okay. Happy. I don't. <laughs> then he's going to walk away, <laughs> and Adam will push him like a football shot. No, my, my direction was to push him, but not push him so hard. So you wouldn't know if I was really pushing him because he was gay, or I accidentally pushed him. So my direction was not clear at all. So my, it was like, you hit him, but don't hit him too hard. Don't make it too obvious. Just hit him. I really not watching it. I should have hit him hard. Yeah. Not because he's gay, but because it made more sense. Okay, it I think it's coming it's up now. Me. He's going to start marching down the hall, and you're going to bonk him. Here we. No, no, no. Oh it's... darn! Wow, that's Monkler you... High, huh? You no. told her I was gay. Damn it! It's the annex uh, parking lot again. Oh, it is. Rand School. Yeah. And Rand was after the for... painter, right? Eighteen 1800... hundred. Hudson Valley painter ranch. Well, there's and Marinera. And look yeah. at look at all the kids around him. Uh, We're actually 18, 17, 18. He played for the New York Jets and the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, oh and you know what Ed's been doing in the last ten years? In the last ten years, uh, no. Amy Fisher story ninety two. Oh Hilton yeah. Hulu's eighty one. Dynasty in oh, no, 81. Wait, Joey Buttafuoco? Oh. <laughs> he, he North High School. North oh, that's, High School. That's hitting low. <laughs> but it's like, at that time, who else are you going to get but Ed Marinera? Oh, yeah, but in the, at that time, that was probably a good role, I guess. Oh, my God, because there was three movies at once, so one of them got Ed Marinera, and the other one's got some other hacks. So that wasn't the right hallway scene, right? We didn't see you bump. No. Okay, but good, good. coming up. All right. You don't have to, you, I'm not saying don't blink, but just don't blink when I'm on. Right. So is it like you just bump up, like you like like as you're going down the hallway, like like like? It's unclear if I did it like, by accident like, or get out of my way, bump them. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's or, unclear. 
if it was intentional. You'll see. It could have just been intense. bonk. Could have been in a hurry. Or, or that was just your way of getting beyond the the extra scale. Right. Yes. Which is just so... You make personal contact with them, you get an extra... Uh, you know what's funny, friend. Adam, is you only know it's you if you know you, because it's the back of your head. And it's, you know, yeah. I know you, I know your shoulders, I know your, you know... Oh, I remember that shirt. Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if I remember that shirt. But it is true. I had to watch it three times to make sure. Like, I guess that was me. That is my hair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was in a movie recently. Uh, a friend of mine produced the film and hired me based on my look <laughs> from Facebook. To he be goes, I've seen the back of your head before. Wait, hold on. No, I was playing a janitor who <laughs> was walking down these steps upset. And uh, I said, why did you cast me? He goes, oh, and they wanted a certain look, so I gave three friends from Facebook, and you were the guy. But, <laughs> but they cut me because I walked too fast. Yeah. yeah I have to put that down as part of your resume. I, I, you see the back of my head for just a second in What If I'm Gay? Yeah. I might have done that. I might have pulled that. IMDB. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I should have And you should put a second IMDB credit on the cutting room floor for. Oh, yeah. It's like a horror movie sequel. Yeah. I should do that. Oh yeah, there's your there's it's your big in London. Apparently. There's your SAG after of credits. Now you just need five k a year and you're in. Now all that's happening <laughs> now is the father's playing a story of when he was a, a kid. There was a guy who was gay, and we all had to pick on him, or they think you were gay. And and the son's not outing to the father. He's just saying, "Do you know a homosexual?" Oh. Well, do you see how he gave it, like the chip on the shoulder kind of hit on like oh gosh, that was some acting. Yeah, clear stairway, so clear with the Holy tiles. Shit. Yeah, the hallway. Like, hallway. students. Don't blink. Don't blink. Okay, this might be it. This might be it. Oh look at the look at the extras, Mike. Look how happy the blonde girl who I know uh, is to see her friend. That's how extras should be, Michael. They should be happy all the time. She's excited. She got the book. <laughs> Mike got cut because yeah. he's an upset actor. Uh, extra. But that show doesn't, doesn't need to be focused. 90120 girl is once again saying, come on, Adam, let's go on a date, goddammit. And then she's like, is it you or me? And why are you so, you know, huh? and she huffs off. And Adam, I mean, excuse me, and... Uh, Alan will change his tune and say, what time? It's kind of endearing. So now they're going on a date. Ah, uh, see there. Right. Here it comes. Uh, here we go. Here, here it we comes. Go. Boom, that was me. <laughs> that was your dad. <laughs> that was Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank Holy you. Yeah, Thank you. I just that took was... a screenshot of that. I want you to autograph it. A yes. solid impact. A solid impact. Good job. By the way, guys, you're welcome. Good. Yeah, I think they gave you good direction. Oh, this is a great scene here, Mike. Um, well, I was watching him shoot this. He, they said the lock made too much noise when he closed the locker, so they took the lock out. So he's pretending that there's a lock there, but there isn't. And I remember <laughs> being like, what? That's insane. Because the cameraman's like, I don't even see it. Why don't we just get rid of it? Right. And I was like, that's not how, that's not reality. It's not, this is bullshit. See? Click. He clicked it. 
Oh, you can see that there's no lock. Yeah, you can see it's not really closed. And you can even see Marinara's hand maybe up against it, keeping it closed. Oh, you're closed. Yeah. The movie's fucking bullshit. Hey, coffee sniffing the guy's that one wasn't too loud. Oh, this is the scene where the guy kept screaming. I wonder if, I don't know if you heard it, if you can hear it at all. Can you put the volume up? Yeah. Do your volume, because I don't think you can hear mine. That's that she'd rather be with a boy than with a girl. Yeah, that's what it means, sweetheart. Kiss a boy. Kiss me. Yeah, I want to kiss a boy. Part of it. Why you know? Ah! <laughs> it's relatable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> aye, aye. Who stubbed their toe? <laughs> <laughs> It's like a serious scene, and Caggiano's yelling, "Rock!" <laughs> yeah. Right, I don't know what it was. Our high school had huge trees where you could hang out out of the trunk of it. Look at his John Lennon hair. Yeah, some good hair. That is Paul McCartney hair. <laughs> Woo! I think everyone got cast hair first. Like he loves you, yeah. <laughs> well, he still looks like Davy Jones. What a mop top! He looks like a Lego figure, a Fisher Price figure. Davy right. Jones was my favorite Beatle. What about you guys? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, Davy Jones is my favorite Beatle. No, definitely Mick Jagger. <laughs> like, Luke, uh, like when everybody Jones. asks me what's my favorite Mark's brother, and I say Carl. Thanks. <laughs> Carl House? Carl Marx. So we should make. The, the high school had three buildings. They had a freshman building, right. a regular building, a marine school with the annex, which had all the fame kids and the burnout. Right. So you Including fame, Mike, you know some famous people that went there? Alex Winter? Uh, Alex Winter went there? Yeah, he went to the alternative school. He went to, like, alternative high school there. Yeah. Who else? Who else? Well, Ty Taylor, of course, who's... Either out in high school, or not really hiding it. Um, I tell you, Ty Taylor was a genius. Whoa! In high whoa. Oh, yeah. Whoa! Wow. That ain't cool at all. Right. Oh. 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 It's more of a locker, by the way. Man, well, it's a locker, but oh. the French, um, the French call it. Uh, okay, that ain't right. The French call it fag closet. It's true. Were they out of pink paint? What's That's up? a good point. Good point. Okay, good point. so this is important. So he he says, like, stay away from me. I'm poison. I'm no good to anyone on this earth. So he thinks he's going to kill himself because gay people kill themselves. Well, in movies, they do, yeah. Look at it. It's a phone booth, no. right? I don't know. I don't know what yeah. that is. A pay phone where did they find a paper? Ty Taylor. Uh, Tyler Taylor did a lot of shows in high school. He like choreographed them. He wrote them. He did the music. He directed mm. them. He starred in it. He's he's, he's oh. famous for being on American Idol with a mohawk and just being belligerent. I guess I, I haven't seen it, but he's that a really was good the guy. One. He's in a, a really popular band right now. I think I can't think of. But he was on the the show where they're looking for a new singer for In Excess. Uh, oh. In trouble. Okay. 
He, I was in a play that Tyrone. Oh my God, Carl! I was in a play that Tyrone directed, and mm-hmm. I was your girlfriend at the time, Marka. Marka. Marka Lee. Marka Lee, and then you and I and Marka went to uh, Jersey, um, the the beach, Jersey Shore. Right, 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 right. Yeah, we slept in your car. We slept on the beach and got thrown out. Yup. That was fun, and we went to a water park. That was a fun day. Now look, they think he's inside, going to kill himself. So they're gonna try to smash down the window. It's a nice house. God, I want a house like that. Like, yeah, nice house. Well, you know, I live in LA, and look- I live in a quarter of that. Right, you can't get a colonial with that kind of porch and the look at those doors. That kind of porch in San Francisco. Eight comics would be living on it. (laughs) (laughs) Just before Alan smashes, who should show up? Uh, My number is late. Listen, if he had smashed that, the budget would have been an extra $800. I'm just buying some gay burgers. Hey, what do you think this is? We don't know that you're going to go on to 90120. You're only getting scale. Well, those are the two most successful What's people from that. Guys, why are you laughing on my porch? Oh, that side closet gag was hysterical. <laughs> we thought you killed yourself because you're gay. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Just went to get some protein. Yeah. <laughs> and a hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> You notice the how he wasn't carrying a milkshake, right? So, in the sequel, he would go lip. on uh, to be a sailor because he found he liked semen. Yeah. <laughs> Look at the bike. Uh, uh, the girls hanging on the bike rack. I want to give it up to both Carl and Mike. You've definitely hit a new low. Today. What movie? <laughs> With all our comments, it's like, oh, oh, yeah. That looks like Marka on the left. We want we wanted our uh, commentary to match the date in which this movie was written. Right. Adam, Marka you know, was in an after-school special shot in Montclair. Do you remember which one? I don't know. Was it the one you guys watched? There was a few. There wasn't a nerd I, one, an alien one. Right. I don't know That's which. Right. Uh, she uh, she the, was uh, in it, and I I couldn't uh, find part. her. Yeah. Oh, a, a no, an extra. Hey, a... Mr. Powell. Hey. Tax your kids. Why are you out of breath? You're you're on the Minnesota Vikings. That That's looks like you just, your sweatsuit just came out of the plastic. Why are you sweating? Got <laughs> folded marks on it. He's a Heisman Trophy finalist, by the way. Oh, I bet. Yeah, he was a ball player. Came out of New Milford, New Jersey. New, New Milford. Yeah. Is that where all the milfs Not are? <laughs> we have West Milford. That's where the milfs are to the west. And okay, there's good. New Milford. And I think there's Milford. Anyway, he went on to Cornell and he became a big football guy. And then he became an actor and he, he got some success. The, that town's got to have some great chances at some really good logos like Get Milfed. <laughs> and stuff like that. Are you moving over there now? What's going on? 
My other wife's a MILF. What's going on here is he's saying, look, I'm also the school counselor. If you ever want to talk to me, come talk to me. And he is talking to him. And he's like, you can live a normal life. You don't have to be a degenerate. That's what he says. Let's listen. Let's listen. Let's listen. All right. Hang on. I should mention while I change the volume. Here we go. Homosexual doesn't mean your life is over. Your life is so much better. <laughs> your life's not over because you're a fag. Dignified, because being gay is not. Come on, what's the worst thing that could happen? People find out. Are your parents going to stop loving you? I got to think about it. Well, it's hard to imagine. Are you going to lose all your friends? Yes. <laughs> You're going to make new ones. <laughs> Go to the red pool. I'm just waiting for Marinara to pop up and say, well, then could you possibly come over and mow my lawn and go go <laughs> shorts? Then. We can watch videos. Hill Street Glow. Yeah. Look how white his sneakers are. <laughs> the sneakers, the sweat, literally right out of the plastic. Oh, I remember when this film was shot, we would call the film It's Okay to Be Gay. Like, are you in It's Okay to Be Gay? That type of thing. The people in the know, we used to call it What Gay? You know, to shorten it. We'd just be like, hey, are you doing What Gay? <laughs> what? Thomas says, What? <laughs> That was the name of the movie originally. <laughs> what? It was the eighties. We were not considered people back. <laughs> um, you can't expect people to accept you if you can't accept yourself. Alan said something just like that. Alan said, "Yeah, that was Alan's message to him." And this guy's saying, "Like, you need to see a psychologist. You're going to be okay." I d I didn't like the way they spun it. Like. You know, like, being gay isn't like, oh, sure, I know. You won't be a degenerate. You'll have your dignity. I don't know. It's, like, the wrong way to think about it. Well, because that, yeah, the was, whole that, that was the first version of being woke. Kind of. Yeah. Right? So that was, like, I'm kind of cool. Not really. I mean... It's all right that you're still on the same planet as me, kind of. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's like them kind of trying to deal with it because they know they had to deal with it. But if you look at it in today's day and age, no, it's it's it's, it's the wrong point of view, right? Now, look, I, I got to interrupt now. See, see, this is great Montclair High School front door, but he's saying, like, when we were kids, we fooled around. No, he's not. Did you put it on, Mike? Uh, Remember, yeah. so he's freaking out. Put it on. Now check it out. Summer at camp. Oh no! Close off. Curious about our class. Curious. That you're thinking about that, you're feeling guilty, and maybe somewhere deep down inside you're worried that. You're just a little bit like me. Right. 
what we did was sink or unsink. In fact, it wasn't even unusual. Experimentation like that is done all the time. Part of growing up. Experimentation. All of a sudden, he's got wisdom. Yeah. And close-ups. And close-ups. Up his nose. He would go on to be yeah, Superman. Where? Really? Christopher Reeve. <laughs> oh, yeah. You look so young, Christopher Reeve, and he can walk. Yeah, well, he was young in 88. High school. So yeah, we're like wrapping up now. We're we're learn you know, like he's making his peace with them and it's a hard talk and the script really hits the nail over the head here a little too hard, but we're wrapping up. Look how Montclair Oh, my dad almost bought that house. He always when we drove by, I could have got that house for five dollars. Great front <laughs> driveway. This that circular driveway. Yeah. No one ever used that driveway, by the way. Right, and that front that... entrance was always closed. Oh, that's probably why. Yeah. Extras, see anybody you know? Uh, let's see. I feel like I might be in that no. scene, too. I was a ham. Gina, where's let's the see if you're bully? Which boy? You boy number 68? <laughs> you recognize <laughs> this guy? Uh, yeah, this guy, definitely. The girl who was talking all happy references prom date. That could have been me. That could have been any any uh buddy from our school. Come so, on, make a cameo, uh, somebody. Wow. I don't recognize Wait, all these people are gay. Is that what they're trying to say? All yeah, I think. What if I'm gay? Uh Adam, what'd you think of your movie? You know, I thought it was great. You know, a lot of people would say that I, I was hardly in it. And uh they would be accurate but i think i made my point and uh <laughs> in the sequel you know netflix is going to do a, a whole series sequel to this <laughs> and adam i'm, I'm really <laughs> glad that you insisted to the director that you needed to take that 54th take because you could <laughs> on that one that you really had the right mojo on it after 53 i was like can we just do one for me you know like yeah. <laughs> and that was the one right that was the one that was the one they used. That was the one they used. Never know. You never know. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll, we'll do one more take. Listen, co-star co Seth Rogen, will you stop with the ad libs And action. <laughs> Carl, what do you think of this movie? Okay. I enjoyed it. You know, I mean, it was an important message of the day, but it was mostly cool to be in Montclair again. Walk in the, the yeah. high school, walk in the city. Now, Paul, you are not from Montclair. What did you think of the movie tonight? I felt like I could have been there. It was it was all of our high schools in the 80s, right? Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned the yeah. locker, man. I, I I definitely was stuffed in a few lockers like that until I became <laughs> six foot. Um, and so, yeah, no, I remember it. Um, it definitely remember, even like the, the, the library scenes. Um, you know, you could I could have been right there in Montclair with you guys, and you had asked mike at one point oh that's the part upstairs that's the library upstairs yeah our library had two floors also and they, and they told me there was just more books up there so i said no nah, i'm good so I <laughs> on the never explored <laughs> yeah so i was good with the first floor um so yeah no it, it reminded me of high school bubble yum and uh right and and like you had said, what was it? Uh, members only jackets and Vans tennis shoes. 
What about you, Mike? Yeah. Oh, I think it's excellent. I mean, come on. It's, uh, it, it has a very heavy handed, but you know, a lot of kids who are gay have an opportunity to see a kid who's gay and, and hear the coach say it's all right. And, uh, I'm sure that the video of that special was played at nauseum and at centers and stuff like yeah. that. I like it. It's good. You know, it has a little more weight uh, than the uh, Battle of the Bullies. Right. The more serious subject. Yeah. And a lot more Montclair. And plus it starts off with the Bellevue movie theater. And Right. Uh, except for that erroneous, like, come on, who, who's supposed to believe that you turn down that alley and you don't go to uh, uh, Charlie Brown? <laughs> right. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, absurd. Uh, that's very cool. Um, so you guys, thank you so much for being part of this. Paul and Adam, where can people find you? What, how, how can they learn more about you? What, what projects you got for them? Paul, why don't you go first? What's up? All right. I appreciate it. Every Sunday, you can catch me on mutinyradio.fm on the edge of insanity from 12 to 2 uh, PST. Um, you can also check out everything I do. I'm a stand-up comedian, writer, and all that good stuff. You can check out my website at paulbrumbob.com. Uh, like Mike said, a podcast called Proudly Resents with the Popping Peas. And uh, it's great. If you like uh, cult films and hearing weird stories of weird films, definitely check it out. Um, there's over 200 episodes. So if you want to write me, I'll tell you which ones are good. Uh, nice. Reach at mac.com and uh twitter is at probably it was at reach adam reach adam at mac.com right sorry gotcha. like, not reach around adam. no that's, not that's reach around movie. adam <laughs> yeah that's, that's what it was what if, I'm I'm gay? what if i'm gay yeah so I'm gay. that was one of my jokes was uh in high school um <laughs> was people always say what are you gay and I'm like, yeah and they go oh <laughs> like, this is such a weird, such a weird insult. What are you gay? I am. Oh, that makes sense. Then I understand why you did that. <laughs> I know where you're coming from. <laughs> uh, all right, well, ladies and gentlemen, that has been our show. Uh, and uh, check us out, LWFLMYT, uh, and uh, I don't know, do whatever you got to do. Who cares? Thanks a lot. Later. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. It's been German strudels. You should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl. Uh, that's the French duh, not the <laughs> Now let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Michael
And welcome to the Weekly Review with Roman. Today, it's Friday, October 4th, 2019. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm very tired, and I'm going to do my best to bring an informative show for all you listeners out there. So thanks again so much for tuning in. Quite a week. We'll be getting to some news. Start off with some music by the Muffs. Kim Shattuck passed away recently, and also heard that Diane Carroll passed away this morning. <sighs> Taking a lot of deep breaths and sighs, and I will most likely be doing that throughout the program as well as some groans uh, as I go through the the news. As the news is depressing, and also it's important to recognize what's happening. We do have a guest coming in at twelve thirty, so very excited about that. And, oh, whew. So, yes, we are broadcasting from Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. We're on Ohlone land, and there's a lot of resources that folks can check out to learn more about the land that we're on. One is if you go to ramatosh.com, and that's R-A-M-A-T, excuse me, R-A-M-A-Y-T-U-S-H.com. You can also go to conspireforchange.org forward slash resources forward slash decolonization. There's a lot of great reading materials and resources there as well, uh, regardless of where you are. And there's also the Shimmy Land Tax, and that's for folks particularly in the East Bay, although anyone can donate. And if it's if you type in S-H-U-U-M-I Land Tax, you'll be brought to the Sikorite Land Trust page, and you can read more about that as well. Oh, yes. So oftentimes I begin the show with a rant or a little bit about what what I'm thinking about or what's going on. And I was thinking earlier about how there's so much misinformation and being brought up in this country provides a lot of misinformation. And regardless of the families one may or may not grow up in and the areas uh, one may grow up in, there's still so much misinformation in the media and often in schools and in, and there's so much that isn't taught or biased versions of what is taught and behaviors that are in a way celebrated. And I'm thinking about how often qualities such as kindness and generosity and authenticity and honesty are sometimes not only overlooked, but punished in, in this country and how difficult it is as to, I, complain a lot about what's happening in the world and systems that are in place and other people's behavior and also recognizing the only thing I can change is my own behavior and wanting to make strides with that and also recognizing how difficult it can be coming against what is possible and how to unlearn a lot of behaviors. And looking around and seeing so many things that are either that feel backwards or are unnecessary or could be easily corrected if resources were were dispersed differently, and especially in San Francisco with the with their wealth disparity is ridiculous that there are thousands of people without homes, and at the same time there are billionaires who live in the same city, and with billionaires they have so much money that they could give away millions and still have millions. Like they could give away so much, and still have they'll there's more than enough money that they would ever use in their entire lifetime. And to see that, that difference of folks who don't have their basic needs met and how to, <sighs> what will it take 
to get folks to to share and recognizing again i can't necessarily force anyone to do anything i can only contribute and can do what i'm able to do and at the same time and i'm sure i'm not alone in this it feels like it's never enough and there's so much more that i could be doing and also recognizing then there are the folks who have more than enough and how do we shift their perspective to get them to recognize that everything is connected <sighs> so that's something that goes on in my mind every every day certainly and i think about my own actions and there's so much work to do and recognizing that one will make mistakes and wanting to correct them next time and undo patterns and how there's this illusion of democracy here in this country and this idea that oh we're we're free to do whatever we want but not really and there's so many different products we can buy however only a few different corporations own those products so only a few corporations will be profiting off these and sure there are plenty of places to spend money that's if you have money however how many choices are there as to how to be in the world how to appear and how to act that can be very limited as to what's deemed acceptable by dominant culture and just how disturbing it is that based on how you look or other people's perceptions of you is based on how you will be treated and what you will be given access to So I'm thinking about the again the land we're on and as we talk more about climate change and what can be done for the environment and also recognizing that so much of how what was here originally and how folks took care indigenous folks took care of the land and wanting to find a way to go back to that yet these corporations are polluting the military industrial complex the u.s military is the largest polluter in the world and these are businesses and as long as people are making money they don't care who they hurt they don't think about the long-term effects and how do we stop that and how do we integrate these specific issues into the climate change discussion because someone can be against climate change and as long as you're still pro-war that's not going to solve anything not just the human life, but the life on Earth, nature. So I've been thinking about that. Again, uh, perhaps not the most cheerful thoughts, however. I do want to be solution-oriented, even if I can be a pessimist at times, and also recognizing that even if some of us don't see the world that we want to live in, we can plant seeds, we can work to create it, we can speak ideas aloud, have conversations with others try to envision it it's the very first step is to envision the world that we want to live in and it might seem radically different than the, than the world we're in right now however have to try somehow <sighs> and I did want to begin with a story 
about fighting climate change. And one way is that uh, there's a story that was on NPR, and there's an audio version of it, so I will I will p play that. And this is a uh, tribe gives personhood to Klamath River, and this came out on September 29th. A Native American tribe has granted personhood to a river in Northern California, making it the first known river in North America to have the same legal rights as a human, at least under tribal law. The York tribe, based near the southern border of Oregon, conferred the new status on the Klamath River. For years, water management systems and climate change have led to lower water flows in the Klamath and fewer salmon, one of the York's main food sources. We're joined now by York Tribe General Counsel Amy Cordalis, who is also a tribal member. Welcome to the program. Ayakui, thank you for having me. What does the status of personhood mean for a river? What it means is it gives the right to the river to exist, to flourish, and to naturally evolve, and a right to a stable climate free from human-caused climate change impacts. What that means is that anytime the river is hurt, for example, there's a toxic pollutant that is gets into the water of the river, we could then bring a cause of action against that polluter to protect the river. So would the York tribe be able to take legal action against polluters of the river further upstream beyond their territory? Well, that gets into some jurisdictional mm -hmm. issues, but we certainly would make the argument. What prompted this? Why did they decide to take this action? One, the Yurok people have always lived along the banks of the Klamath River. And in our creation story, um, the creator told us that as long as we lived in a balance with the natural world, we would never want for anything. And we lived that way for a very long time. Of course, you know, after the invasion in the 1800s um, and development occurred outside of our control, that balance has been thrown off. Um, I understand that the situation with the salmon, though, has really prompted a lot of concern. Can you explain a little bit about what's going on and how it's been going this year? The salmon runs are the lowest they've ever been. Even this year, it was anticipated that the returning salmon runs were going to be strong, but they never showed up. We don't know where they are. Uh, we have been doing all we can to protect the river and you know, working within existing legal frameworks, and it's not enough. We should note that this is not the first body of water to be granted personhood. Toledo, Ohio voters approved a referendum to grant personhood for Lake Erie in February, although that is being challenged. Is this an idea that's gaining traction beyond Native Americans? Absolutely. Um, the New Zealand government granted rights of a river and really what I think this is, is a reflection of a change of societal values. So we are in a climate crisis and we need new tools to respond to that crisis. And in this country right now, corporations have rights as a person. And that's because historically our country valued commerce. And so I think it's a logical next step in this era of climate change to give the same kind of legal recognition to the natural environment and to nature. That's Amy Cordalis. She's the general counsel for the Yurok tribe in Northern California. Thank you so much. Thank you.
All right, so that was from NPR, and you can find that at npr.org, and that was posted on September 29th. There's a lot of information. As per usual, this is just a drop in the bucket of the information that I have heard and I'm able to get to on the show, and I'm weaning myself off Facebook. It's having a tough time. We do post news articles there if you go to facebook.com forward slash weekly rev. I've also been sharing a lot more information on Twitter, so you can follow me on Twitter at R-O-M-A-N-R-I-M-E-R, and for many of the stories that I have intended, I am intending to get to today, but might not, you can follow me on Twitter and read some news stories from there. There's a lot, again, a lot to get to. Uh, George Gascon, the DA in San Francisco, has stepped down, even though there's going to be an election in November, which is kind of ugh. And the idea is that we want to be sure that us voters, folks who uh, vote here in San Francisco, have a say in who the next DA should be. If you're interested in listening to last week's program, please do, because we had uh, Chesa Boudin on the show. And Chesa talked a bit about his campaign and his history. And we will be replaying that episode on October 25th. So, folks, if you'd like to take a, an action item, you can tweet London Breed, who's the mayor of San Francisco, and let her know that the voters we deserve to be able to vote for the next DA here in San Francisco. And you're welcome to. I've posted it on Twitter, so you can retweet that, create your own tweet, contact London Breed's office, however you are able to. Thanks for that. Uh, again, lots of news. I'm unsure of how much time we're going to have to get to everything. So I did want to announce a few upcoming events. Uh, the Center for Political Education is a great organization here in the Bay Area, and there's a lot of events that are happening in October. So for folks who are local and or will be local in October, I wanted to share some events that people can check out. I've learned so much from the panels that they have presented, so I really encourage folks, if you'd like to learn more about any of these upcoming events, please do check them out and or spread the word to folks who may be able to attend as well. So the first he, uh, event here on the list is Defend the Venezuela Embassy Protectors. This is Tuesday, October 15th. Uh, they will be sharing the location details soon. But you, again, if you check out the Center for Political Education, they'll have more information there. And it says, join CPE and Bayern USA in welcoming Kevin... Zeis, Margaret Flower, and David Paul on their tour of the Bay Area. All three are facing prison terms and $100,000 fines on the trumped-up charge of, quote-unquote, interfering with government operations based on their 34-day defense of the Venezuelan embassy in Washington, D.C. Zeis, Flower, and Paul will be joined in conversation by Venezuelan activist Carolina Morales and Rhonda Romero, chairperson of Bayan, and that's B-A-Y-A-N, USA. So that's one event that's happening, again, on Tuesday, October 15th. Next, on Tuesday, October 22nd, at 7 p.m., Reclaiming Hong Kong at the Eric Quezada Center for Culture and Politics, which is at 518 Valencia Street in San Francisco. Earlier this year, the people of Hong Kong rose in mass resistance to the proposed China extradi extradition bill. Protests continue to escalate despite increasingly brutal crackdowns by the government. While the city edges toward martial law, the protests have gained attention and support around the world. Join CPE, Chinese Progressive Association, and the Banya uh, Project, and that's B-A-U-H-I-N-I-A -I -I Project, for a discussion featuring organizers involved in the uprisings and Bay Area-based organizers. The speakers will discuss what caused and continues to fuel the uprisings and what the future of this organizing may be from Hong Kong to the Bay. Uh, 
and this will be featuring Kaiyui Samuel Chen, uh, Wawa, Jose Eng, and Adrian Lung. And for more information, including accessibility information, they have a link if you go to, I'm going to click on the site here and share the link that has more information as it loads. And there's a Facebook invite that's called Reclaiming Hong Kong. So if you type that in, you'll find more information there. And also is to note that there are like anti-government protests that have also been happening in Haiti and Iraq. So really around the world, those, and I think in Indonesia as well, there's just many, many protests that are happening around the world. And I really appreciate that the Center for Political Education puts on these panel discussions because I feel the media either doesn't cover these events at all, or if it does, it's from a very pro-state, pro-government, pro-police, uh, pro-imperialist perspective. So it can be really difficult to understand what's at stake, why people are actually fighting and what they're fighting for and to bring in folks who have lived there and really understand and have studied what's happening is so important and crucial and also just to understand how that corresponds to what's happening here in the united states as well Whew. next up they have the decade of fire center for political education and casa justa just cause invite you to a special screening of decade of fire on sunday october 27th from 12 30 to 2.30 p.m. at the New Parkway Theater, which is at 474 24th Street in Oakland. Director Vivian Vasquez Irizarry and Casa Justa, Just Cause organizer, uh, Kenya Perez, will join us for a post-screening discussion. They have tickets available and they have a link on the website. No one will be turned away for lack of funds. Decade of Fire tells the story of how the South Bronx came under attack in the 1970s by banks, the real estate industry, and gentrifying government policies. It also shows how entire neighborhoods organize themselves to fight back and rebuild their homes. Against the backdrop of racist austerity measures, redlining practices, and policies of quote-unquote urban renewal, this gripping film investigates the real history behind the fires that rocked the South Bronx for a decade, displacing about a quarter of a million people from their homes. With painstaking research and compelling testimonies from longtime community members, Decade of Fire rejects dominant narratives that place the blame for the fires on the black and brown communities of the South Bronx and shows the power that is activated when neighbors unite and organize to save their communities. And they also have some more information on excel—excuse me, accessibility information at the link as well. So again, if you go to the Center for Political Education, which is let me just bring up the website here oh they have a the facebook invite if you check that out they will you'll find information that will be helpful great all right it is 12 27 and going to look at some of the next stories that we can get to in time oh. Oh. also taking a, a deep breath here because Yes, there is quite a lot. And there is one more. Oh, goodness. There's there's a lot to get to. So I think what I'm going to do next is get to a story from Democracy Now! And that's just going to talk about folks who commit nonviolent crimes and how they are punished as opposed to some folks who actually do commit violent crimes, such as the Dallas police officer who was the first uh, Dallas police officer to be convicted of murder since the 1970s, and she was given a 10-year sentence for murder 
while there are folks who are given far more time for either self-defense or for other victimless crimes. So this is from Democracy Now! And this is from November 15th, 2013. I'm just going to play a little bit from this. The American Civil Liberties Union has found that more than 3,200 people nationwide are serving life terms without parole for nonviolent offenses. Of those prisoners, 80% are behind bars for drug-related crimes. 65% are African-American, 18% are white, and 16% are Latino, evidence of what the ACLU calls extreme racial disparities. The crimes that led to life sentences include stealing gas from a truck, shoplifting, possessing a crack pipe, facilitating a $10 sale of marijuana, and attempting to cash a stolen check. 63% of those serving life without parole for these nonviolent offenses are in federal prisons. Most were sentenced under mandatory minimum laws. The ACLU says keeping nonviolent offenders behind bars for life is costing taxpayers an additional $1.8 billion. And Amit will be joined by the author of the study. But first, this is a clip from a video that features family members of some of the more than 600 prisoners it profiles. Everything he did was to hurt himself, not others. And it went from, from one year sentence to two year sentence to natural life. My dad will never get out for something so little, natural life. But stealing a $150 jacket. And that $150 jacket got him life in prison. Here in Louisiana, they used that uh, habitual offender law, three strikes, you automatically get natural life. It's like giving him a death sentence because there's no life, no life for a man with his children or his parents or anybody else once they're in there. Judge should have the discretion not to give the life sentence. I mean, that's extreme. You tell that to anybody, that, oh, oh, that's a little bit too much. That's almost just to be the point that that's not what the forefathers envisioned, even with the Constitution. That's extreme. That's cruel and unusual punishment to me. He's a good person, my dad. I mean, he's always, like I said, he's always been there for me, my sister and brother. He's always done his best until he started abusing the drugs. And a lot of times with Patrick with the drugs, it came down to not being able to find work. Life sentence is no way to deal with a... Uh, a drug addiction. My son wasn't a menace to society. He would give his shirt off his back. And being so tenderhearted in a place like that, it just doesn't fit. It's changed him that way, because I notice he is getting a little colder. I find that he's not believing and he's not keeping his faith as much. He's not, like, he's like, I'm about ready to give up on this. Oh, it's been hard. I go down there and see him. I can't hardly stand and leave him, but I know I have to go. It'd be hard. To tell him what I ate for Thanksgiving, and he couldn't eat it. You know, it's hard. Just little things like that. And my birthday coming up, and those are days I break. But if this person can go back and be a productive citizen and not commit crimes again, these nonviolent crimes, then why are we keeping him here, spending all this money? Because maybe I've done my job, so he should have a parole hearing. There's too many families that suffering out here. Give him a second chance. He's 54 years old now. I'm looking for things to change. Because these boys are just getting wasted away in these prisons for no reason. 
That's a clip from a video that accompanies the ACLU's new report, A Living Death, Life Without Parole for Nonviolent Offenses. For more, we're joined by its author, Jennifer Turner, human rights researcher with the American Civil Liberties Union. Welcome to Democracy Now! I mean, it is just astounding. A man—the story we just heard, another story, a man walks out of a store with a coat slung over his shoulder, $159, gets life in prison without parole. Absolutely. These these sentences are grotesquely out of proportion of the crimes that they're seeking to punish. And we found that